We welcome you to the Christian Ministries Church podcast. We believe God has a message for you today that will encourage and speak truth to your heart and life. Let's join Pastor Melanie Bertolio as she shares the word with us today. You know, um, I've got a word for you, and I know that it's a word from the Lord. And um, and I just, I, I want to get through it tonight if I can. If I don't, we've got next week's because I'm back up next week. And so we'll finish it then if that's what we have to do. But um, I want to talk to you t- tonight about uh, something that we're going to deal with only till we die. Okay, Um and that is overcoming offense, all right? The faith to overcome offense. And I'm going to tell you something. I have, um, I, I don't know at what point I could have started preaching this sermon, but I couldn't always have preached this sermon. You've got to know that. I, I, I had to work through the process of learning to overcome offense. And even though I would say that I am now at a point where I can now teach it, it doesn't mean that I still don't have to deal with offense because it, we're all going to deal with offense again, only till we die. Having to learn to overcome that. So, but, but here's what I can tell you. I have. And, and, and I, I say that, I speak that as a matter of fact, and I speak that as a pro- prophetic word over my own life. Uh, because that's, that's what I want, uh, and, and I want to speak what I want to see manifest in my life. And so I have overcome offense. And so uh, I'm going to be very honest with you today. Most of my sermons, I just write them from start to finish, and I, I, I don't really do anything other than just dive into the Word. And I mean, I might Google a few things here and there, but I mean, I just write my sermons. This one I'm borrowing from a whole bunch of people. And, and I'll probably say things that I learned from someone else, and I don't even remember who it was that I learned it from. But, but but, but I knew that offense was an issue in my own life. And so I, I was um, complete, my life was just really kind of almost upended uh, one night when we were in that building down there. And I, uh, I don't remember what, what exactly was going on except that Hetty Lou Brooks was here. And she was speaking And she just made a statement that I thought, that woman is not telling the truth because that's not true and that's not possible. But she said, I don't get offended. I don't get offended. I refuse to be offended. And and I I thought, no, there's just no way. There's absolutely no way. I got to tell you, I come by that very honestly. Uh, I grew up just really with that... Uh, mentality. And so um, when she said that, I was just like, there's just no way. Except that I continued to listen to her because it was a very intriguing statement. So I listened. And the, the longer she talked, the more I began to believe that she, she meant it, that she actually didn't get offended. And I was like, okay, seriously? Okay, well, if she is telling me that she used to get offended all the time, and now she just doesn't get offended, could it be, could it be that, that, that I could get there? And so I started thinking about that, and I was just like, because, because I, I lived in offense. So I, I, that's, that planted a seed in my heart. 
And then it wasn't very long after that that I got a hold of the book by John Bevere, The Bait of Satan. I don't know if anybody's read that, but what a powerful book that is. And it's all about how offense is the bait that Satan is going to use to try to cause the church to implode in the last days. And I look around and I, I, I think about all that I see and I think, well, I mean, how, why do we need a guy to write a book and tell us that? We should all know it because we, it's just, it just seems to be where the culture's at. I mean, being offended now is like a banner that you're supposed to wear over your life. Let me, okay, what are you offended about? Oh, let me tell you what I'm offended about. I mean, everybody's offended about something. And I, I read that book and I was like, oh, that's, that makes it bigger than just me. That means that if, if, if Satan's doing that, and, and he's, you, you mean I can be saved and still do the devil's work? Mm. Oh, you bet. You bet I can. And I was, and I did. So I read that book. It changed my life. We did a, 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 deal, a, a Bible study um, with Jensen, Fra uh, Jensen Franklin Bible study last summer. And it was all about learning to love like you've never been hurt. And really at the core of it, it was about being offended. And I learned tremendously from that as I taught that. I've learned from Pastor Ashley when I first took the, the worship leader position, which has, was in, in 2006. So it was the year that you guys were up here is the year that I took over as the worship leader here. And, um, and, and I've had to have pastor walk me through some things because you know what? When you're leading something, people don't always like you. They just don't. They get mad at you. And, and I, I'm a people pleaser, and I, I, the absolute last thing in the world I want is for people to be mad at me. And I didn't just have a few people mad at me. I had a lot of people mad at me at times. And I had to, to be walked through what to do when all I'm trying to do is to do it the way I think that God is leading me to do it and the way that the pastor is asking me to do it, and yet I'm having all these people upset with me. And so he... Pastor Ashley has, has taught me and walked me through offense. And then when Dwayne Sheriff was here for our culture conference, he, he has a book about offense. I haven't read the whole thing yet, but I've read a, a good chunk of it. And, um, but he said something. He said something while he was speaking. And I don't know how many people besides Chapman and, and Pastor and I who picked up on it, but we all three were like, did you guys hear that? Did you hear what he said? But he was talking about offense, and he said, you know, here's the thing about offense. He said, I, I, I've had people walk up to me and say, you offended me. Or, and we don't, say, we don't necessarily say, you offended me. We'll say, you hurt my feelings, or you were mean, or you said something that you shouldn't have said. We don't say, oh, I'm so offended. We do, no, we, we, we disguise it with other words that we think are acceptable. But what he said was, he had someone come up and say that to him. And he said, listen, I didn't offend you. You were offended when you walked in the door. And all I did was shine a light on the area of your offense. That's powerful. But here's what I can tell you. Is having walked through this whole offense issue, I can tell you, he's right. See, every person that offended me... 
I was able to look back and go, okay, well, I was ripe for that. I was setting myself up for that. Okay? Everybody's out to get me. Everybody's mean to me. Everybody talking behind my back. And that's, that's, that's the way I used to think. And so I've had a lot of people over the years who were um, instrumental in helping me to overcome offense in my life. And here's what I can tell you. If you're irritated, if you're frustrated with somebody in this room, all right, it's, it's bigger than just, well, they just get on my nerves. No, the problem is you. I mean, I'd love to sugarcoat that for you, but I can't. The problem is every single time when we're offended, ultimately us. I want to read you a story. This was actually in John Bevere's book, The Bait of Satan, but it's a story that he put in there that he had heard elsewhere. Back in the days when the settlers were moving to the west, a wise man stood on a hill outside a new western town. As the settlers came from the east, the wise man was the first person they met before coming to the settlement. They asked eagerly what the people of the town were like. He answered them with a question. What were the people like in the town you just left? Some said, well, the town we came from was wicked. The people were rude gossips who took advantage of innocent people. It was filled with thieves and liars. The wise man answered, well, this town is the same as the one you left. They thanked the man for saving them from the trouble they had just come out of, and they moved on further west. Then another group of settlers arrived and asked the same question, what is this town like? And the wise man asked again, well, what was the town like where you came from? They responded, it was wonderful. We had dear friends. Everyone looked out for the other's interest. There was never any lack because everyone cared for one another. If someone had a big project, the whole entire community gathered together to help. It was a hard decision to leave, but we felt compelled to make way for future generations by going west as pioneers. The wise old man said to them exactly what he'd said to the other group. Well, this town is exactly the same as the one you left. And these people responded with joy. Well, let's settle here. You know, as, a, as the leader of the school, as the person who oversees the school, I get so nervous every time I have someone come in and they want to tell me how gifted their child is and how mistreated they were in their last school, and they love to throw around the word bullying. They were bullied in their last school. Here's what I can tell you. If you, they were bullied in their last school, they're probably going to be bullied in this school. Why? Because I can tell by the way you walked in that you've come in with an expectation that they're going to be bullied. And so it, doesn't, it won't matter what anybody does they will be bullied. If someone comes to this church, and we have seen it so many times, and there's been a few times that we thought it wasn't going to work out like that, and then somehow it still does. But if someone comes into this church and they tell us, you know, that last church we were at was just terrible. I've gotten to where I say, you know what, you probably ought to head out of this one real quick because it's going to be terrible before long. Because that's the truth. Whatever you expect, I'm just telling you, you're going to get See, here's what I can tell you. I've been mad at some of y'all. I have. I've been mad at some of you. Some of y'all have hurt my feelings. Some of y'all have been rude. 
Some of y'all probably, I probably talk behind my back. I don't know, but probably. But you know what? I love you, every stinking one of you. I just do. Here's why. Because we're family. We use that phrase. We're, it's not yeah, just yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a church. We're, it's family. Yeah. Well, you know what the worst, the ugliest court cases are? Divorce cases. You know what the bloodiest wars are? Civil wars. Why? Because, because we have relationship and we care about one another. And, and it's the people that you love and care about who can hurt you the most. But if you will get to the place where you can understand you don't quit loving your kids when they misbehave, why would you quit loving someone sitting three rows over and four seats back? They're your family. We don't, I just don't give myself that option anymore. I just don't do it. I'm grateful for what God has taught me. The Holy Spirit has taught me through people and through experience because I was miserable for a lot of years. Now, I wasn't 24-7 miserable. I mean, I could laugh and yuck it up and have a great time. But, I mean, I could go right into that very quickly and um, get to that point where I, I just reveled, just, just wallowed in this banner that I was wearing as a victim and as someone who was just constantly offended. But God gave me some revelation. God gave me a revelation that I, whatever I was expecting out of people, that's exactly what I would get out of them. And it didn't matter what they did. That's what I would see in them. And so... You know, I was that person that would walk in and I'd be like, well, everyone in the whole room's looking at me. Did you, can you look, everybody's looking at me. Except that God revealed to me that, you know what, I'm just not that important. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't happen very often, but once in a while I get a parent who's frustrated with me at school and, my, and thinks I'm picking on their kid. And it's like, oh, yes, yes, I am. I, I, I lay in bed at night trying to think of all the ways that I can pick on your child. I mean, I love all the rest of them, but I hate yours, and I'm going to do... I mean, <laughs> cat's out of the bag. You caught me. <laughs> but honestly, that's, that's, that's how we act. That's how we act. We act like people are just 100% out to get you, and, and, and it's just not true. We're just not that important that someone else in the world is devoting all of their time to how they can make us miserable. I was always angry, always upset, always disappointed and hurt by people because they didn't live up to my expectations. The only problem with that is they didn't have any idea what my expectations were. Yeah. I mean, you think about all the, any amount of disappointment in your own life and you can realize that nine times out of ten, if you really think about it, somebody didn't even know that you had the expectation that you had. They don't have any idea that they let you down, at least to the degree that they did. And, and so I, I, saw, I saw ulterior motives in everything everybody did all the 
time. And you know what? It was wasted time. Now, God's redeeming that time for me. But I'm telling you, it was wasted time. Now, on the other hand, if someone was offended by me, well, don't they know how much I've got on my plate right now? Don't they know that I've got a tremendous amount of responsibility? I mean, do they honestly think that I would, would, would take all that effort to, to hurt them? I mean, it was always excused on my side of it when I was the offender, but it, it was always very justified when I was the offendee. And so... I believe this is huge. I believe it is so incredibly important that we learn to live unoffended. And if you don't think that's possible, I am here to tell you, I've lived it. You can. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I'm telling you, I work really hard. One of the things I tell our kids at school is forgiving you when you do something wrong is the easiest thing I do all day. It's the easiest thing I do all day. Now, it doesn't mean you're not still in trouble. But forgiving you is the easiest thing I do all day. I'm not going to hold that over your head forever. I, I love you. I want you to, to have a good life. I want you to have a God life. And, and so forgiving, forgiving is easy. In Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 1, says this is Jesus talking. It says, Then he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him whom they do, through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea that, than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, then forgive him. And the apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. Okay, I want, to think, I want you to think about that. Jesus is saying it is impossible, impossible that you're not going to have an opportunity to get offended. Okay, if Jesus says it's impossible, it's impossible. You're going to get an opportunity to be offended, and, and, and you're going to be presented with that opportunity for the rest of your life. Okay, so he says, it's, it's impossible that you're not going to have that chance to be offended. He says, but woe to the man who, who that offense comes from, comes through. Okay, well, that, that can be taken a few different ways, but here's what I can tell you. If you're easily offended, woe to you. You know what it means, woe? It means, it means agony and grief to you. So if you're that person that's easily offended, then woe to you because offense comes through you. But if you're that person that just doesn't care what anybody else thinks and you're constantly offending people, woe to you. Agony and grief over you. Why? Because offense is coming through you. So, so you, it's, it's not about the, the who's giving and who's receiving. It's about offense coming through being 
bringing death on the scene. Because it says you, it'd be better if you were drowned. It would be better if you were drowned. And it, it, it uses the, the language um, than to offend these little ones. Now, the, that is, uh, the little ones is a term that doesn't necessarily mean children. It can mean children. But it's not just children. It's talking about lesser ones. And lesser ones are people who are less mature in the faith than you are. And there are always people around us who are going to be less mature in the faith than we are. Well, what happens when someone who is less mature in faith sees you throw a temper tantrum and get all worked up over something someone else in the church did and they know that God, well, I'm pretty sure, I don't know much, but I think God is love. And, well, I don't think that that's very loving. And I think we're supposed to act like him. And what do I do? Why do I think about this? And what you do is you create confusion within the body of Christ. And God is not the author of confusion. So if it's coming, if it's creating confusion, then whose work are you doing? And so, so when it says, the, these little ones, it's talking about people less mature. So it can be a full-grown adult, but who needs you to act like a full-grown adult as a Christian? But here's what I think is so amazing about this. Jesus is talking to him and he's saying, listen, you cannot expect to go through life without opportunity to be offended. And here's what I'm telling you. Don't be the person that that offense comes through. And if you get offended, if somebody offends you, make sure that you make quick work of forgiving them. So you forgive them, and then if they do it again, you forgive them again, and if they do it again, you forgive them again. All right? And you get the picture. And you know what the first thing, when he finished that statement, what is the first thing the apostles say? Oh, God, increase our faith. (laughs) You want me to what? Oh, God, increase my faith. You know why? Because it takes faith to overcome offense. And here's what I'm going to tell you. There are some people in this room right now, and I love you, and I'm not saying this to condemn you, but I'm saying you don't have to live like that anymore. Amen. You, you've been living that way. And you, you've, you've been living that way, and you don't have to live like that anymore. There are two types of offense. Okay? Two types of offense. There's... Now, Dwayne Sheriff says three, but he takes one of my two and he splits it in half. So I'll tell you that what that is because I think that's good too. Two types of offense. There's real offense. Somebody did you wrong. And it, there's no questioning it. They did you wrong. I'm going to tell you something. I have watched Pastor and Michelle be done wrong. And I'm just telling you right now, you can learn. Because I've watched them be done wrong, really wrong. And never get outside of 
loving people. You can love the person who's doing you wrong, but, that, but there are real offenses, and, 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 and that one can be divided into accidental ones. Because sometimes we get offended by someone and they didn't mean to do anything. They didn't know they did anything. Have you ever talked to someone that you just thought there was something going on between you and them and then you found out they had no idea? I felt so stupid a few times in my life because I'm just like, oh, do you see how they looked at me and, and, and how they didn't even come near me and how they walked right past me and they just touched me and didn't even say one word. And then when finally... So an opportunity comes for us to talk. They had no idea what I was talking about. Okay? So those are accidental offenses. Okay? Then there are intentional offenses. They're just people who sometimes do something. I mean, Christian people can still live in the flesh. Not in, they're not in the flesh, but they can walk, they can live after the flesh. Okay, so, so you, we're in the Spirit. You can, you can either live in the Spirit, you can live in the flesh, or you can live after the flesh. And that means you're saved, but you're not living like you are. So there are times when Christian people don't live like they ought to, and they do mean things. They just do mean things. And, 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 and I'd love to, to, again, to sugarcoat that, but sometimes they just did it because it felt good to them in the moment, and they did something mean. So those are the two types of real offense. But the one I think that happens more often than anything else is the second one, and that's perceived offense. And that's when you think somebody did something wrong, and they didn't even do anything wrong. I had, had, had somebody get mad at me in this church. It's been, I don't even know how long ago, 10 or 12, 14, 15 years, I don't know. But I had somebody get mad at me in this church because they had loaned something to the church. And when they loaned it to the church, I didn't ask them to. And as a matter of fact, I was very adamant that I didn't want them to because I didn't want to be responsible for it. But they did it anyway. And then when it was time for that to, to leave, they came to me and they said, we're doing what the Bible says and we're coming to you and we're telling you that you've sinned against us over this. And I said, what, what did I do? You weren't thankful enough. I said, enough? I mean, I'm not sure how you, how do you quantify thankfulness? I said, thank you. I treated your stuff as well as I knew to treat it. I did all the things that I would think would, would generate this thought in your mind that I am thankful. But I wasn't thankful enough. Now you be the judge. Is that a real offense or is that a perceived offense? But it was real to them. It was real to them. Just so everybody knows, I can only tell that story because it's not someone that goes to the church anymore. But, um, but I'm, just, I mean, I'm just saying, that's how the enemy works. That is how the enemy works. That is what he hopes will happen. 
And don't think for a moment that he's not just sitting there. And if you're an offended person, I'll tell you what would really help is if we could just all become unoffended. Because when we are an offended person, we actually walk the enemy in the door with us every time we come in. See, I would love it if we could have service where we didn't have to try to edge him out the door. Because he walks in. And so, so if you're that person, again, I'm just trying to help you get free. Because you can be. You just can be. Satan disguises himself as a messenger of light. And oftentimes, it, it, he disguises, I mean, the word tells us that there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end, the end leads to destruction. So what it's telling us is it seemed right, but it was totally wrong. So when you are standing on something because, by golly, they were wrong and I'm right, what I'm telling you is there's a really good chance they're not wrong. You are. But when you take that position and that stance and you dig in your heels, I'm telling you, you are giving the enemy a place in your life to work. You're giving him access. See, he doesn't have access to you till you give it to him. But you give it to him when you dig in your heels and you get rigid and you decide, no, I, I, I am dying on this hill. We all produce fruit. The word says that good, a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. And offended people produce these things. So then you think about this. Offended people produce the fruit of hurt, Anger, outrage, jealousy, resentment, strife, bitterness, and hatred. They leave a trail of insults and wounds, division, broken relationships, betrayal, and backsliding. But that offense, as negative as the fruit of it may be, becomes so ingrained and so much a part of who they are, and they get so comfortable in it, that they would rather stay in it than overcome it. Because to overcome it means giving up a part of their identity. See, being a victim is an identity that so many people take on. And then it becomes a mindset that you live in, and then it becomes your expectation. And then, guess what? People meet your expectation every time. These, these are people who might know, have knowledge of the word. The problem is they don't rightly divide it. See, that person that came to me and said, I'm coming to you because the Bible says when someone sins against you, you're supposed to go to them. Well, I did appreciate them coming to me. I did find out they'd gone to a lot of other people and expressed their opinion too, but, you know. But they did make their way to me, which is good. But... Um, but they weren't rightly dividing the word. 
because it's when someone sins against you. Now, you, ex you explain that to me, how I wasn't thankful enough, and you can't, you can't even explain that to me. So, no, that's not rightly dividing the word. People who are offended don't rightly divide the word. And, and in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, starting in the second half of verse 1, it says, Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. Okay, think about that. So if you're producing the fruit of anger, outrage, jealousy, resentment, strife, bitterness, hatred, and you're leaving a trail of insults, wounds, division, broken relationships, betrayal, and backsliding, okay, and you want everyone to know how much you know. Well, you're puffed up. But you're not edifying anybody, including yourself. It goes on to say, if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. You can have the knowledge of God without walking in the love of God. And it's the lack of love that causes our hearts to be hardened to others and specifically to other people within the church. It's a lack of love that causes us to be easily offended and to be intentionally offensive. Satan is using these last days to, to magnify offense in our culture. And he's making some headway in the church, and that it should not be that way, and it doesn't have to be that way. And I believe the Lord is, is speaking to us and saying, let's nip this thing in the bud, because it's very easy. I mean, I'm going to teach it for, for a few more minutes tonight, and then we're going to talk next week about the same thing. Here's what I can tell you, though. Just stop it. I mean, that's really what it all boils down to is knock it off. Just stop. But the Bible says in John 13, 35, By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. All right? Love for one another. So how, how, what kind of confusion are we creating when we have all this infighting amongst ourselves? I mean, we aren't... We aren't aren't growing the kingdom of God when we are fighting from within. Now, I want you to hear something. For I'm not saying this is some big, huge problem in our church. That's not what I'm trying to say. But it is an individual problems that some of us deal with, and we have to have faith to overcome that. See, I've got to have faith to believe that when I let go of this thing that has been so comfortable, that has been my identity, that's been the banner over my life, I've got to have faith to believe that there's going to be something that's going to come in that's going to be greater and more fulfilling in my life than that was. That takes faith. We're supposed to be known by our love for each other. We are created in the image of God, and we are most like Christ when we are forgiving someone who doesn't deserve it. Now think about that. We are the most like Christ when we're forgiving someone who does not deserve it. I'm going to kind of stop there, but I want to give a little teaser for next week because we're, we're going to talk next week because... 
as imitators of God, okay, we're supposed to imitate God. In Ephesians 5, it says, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. All right, when we walk in love, let me tell you something, there is sacrifice that has to take place. And if you were here on Father's Day when I was preaching, uh, I, I will tell you this, sacrifice, we, we, we hear the word and we like the word, oh yeah, I'll sacrifice, except that we won't. Oh, you mean sacrifice isn't pleasant? <laughs> no, no, it's not. It hurts. It means we don't get the, the ending that we always wanted. We don't have someone come up between us and the person that we've been at odds with and have someone raise one of our arms and tell which one wins. Because it's not about that. It's about loving people. And so next week, we're going to talk about four attributes of God that will help us as we seek to have the faith to overcome offense. And, and the four things that we're going to talk about is this. God is love. God is light. God is life. And God is a consuming fire. Now, God is love, and love always triumphs over hate. God is light, and light always triumphs over darkness. God is life, and life always triumphs over death in Christ. And God is a consuming fire. He is, is wanting to use these opportunities that we face for offense to purify us. See, here, here's what's really amazing is when you begin to get to that place where you go, this really stinks. This, this thing that's going on between me and this person really stinks. And I just can't wait to get on the other side of it and see what God's going to do through it. See, God wants to take these opportunities for offense that we have and he wants to use them to grow us and to make us more like his image so that we attract more people to us, so that we grow and expand the kingdom of God. There's so much. To, I told pastor, I said, I'm going to be trying to preach about six to eight sermons in one. And then he reminded me that I've got next week too. So that was, that was great. But there's so much to this. But it's, it, it's, it sounds, it's so simple, really, if we can just get a hold of it. That's all I've got. I want you all to stand. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church, as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church, where it's more than a church, it's family.